back to another episode of Sweet Script Stories. I'm Eric Grubaugh. I'm Tim Dietrich. And in the spirit of the end of the year, we thought we would do a little 2020 year in review, which could be interesting. Uh, so what do you think, if you had to very quickly summarize 2020 for yourself, what would it sound like? I would say that it was better than expected. And when I say that, I mean, based on what started to happen when the pandemic started up, you know, I think like a lot of people, I thought, oh no, like, what is this going to do business wise? You know, am I going to like, is it, are all the plans that I had just going to go out the window? And while a lot of those did, um, business wise, it was better than expected. So that's a really short summary. Yeah, about business. About business. Yeah, yeah, you have to absolutely put that that on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just a obviously a weird year. It's not over yet, right? We still have, we're recording this on the eve of New Year's Eve, so who knows right. what can happen in the next <laughs> what well, thirty six hours or whatever fifty twenty twenty. It's go. It's not going down without a fight. I can tell you yeah. that. Right. Uh, yeah. Not out of the woods yet. No, certainly not. <laughs> and it's not like changing the calendar is drastically going to change anything. But yeah, it's like an emotional, uh, psychological, hope, hopefully uh, like a line in the sand, and you know, yeah. just <laughs> turn the page. All the analogies you can come up with. Mm -hmm. So, what about you? How would you describe the year in a few oh, words? Oh boy, I have. I can describe twenty twenty. I can describe my business in 2020 in one word, which is complacency. Hmm. Uh, I, you know, for a while, I've been focused, most of my revenue for a long time has, has still come from writing code. Um, but my interest in writing code has been waning rapidly for, for quite a while. Uh, I really have no interest in developing custom software anymore for, you know, for clients, for revenue. Um, I want, uh, for a long time, I've been trying to figure out how to have a much bigger impact than that. Uh, which is why I started this business in the first place to kind of help reach more developers coming into the space and help welcome them and bring them into the space and teach them, give them a better path for learning SweetScript and NetSuite. Um, but that just um, didn't work out the way I would have liked. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't able to, to grow that the way I would like to. And then um, from a, a personal perspective, I, you know, I spend most of my time raising my son. Um, so there's no regrets <laughs> on that. Uh, I just have a very limited work window right now. Uh, he's not school age yet. He's, we're not willing to risk putting him in, day, in daycare and uh, my wife is essential personnel at a, a hospital laboratory. So you know, during the day, it's, it's just me and him. 
so I get to work during nap time, and that's about it. He's napping right now, and that's why I can record this podcast. <laughs> um, so I, I had to start when I say complacency. I, I kind of just let, I let that, um, code revenue that the revenue coming in from writing code. I let that just sort of carry me, um, and I didn't because I had that. I didn't invest a lot in building something bigger, something more leverageable. Um, and, and I was okay with that. Like I said, um, I get to spend most of my time raising my son. So mm -hmm. that's, uh, I think an enviable position for a lot of people. And I am grateful for that. So how far back was it for you that you began to realize that you didn't want to be writing code for a living? Like, was this, fairly recent or does it go way back or what's, what's the story there uh it definitely it goes back several years at least um and the with hindsight i can tell looking back i can t i can see signs now that i didn't see at the time uh there were things that were disproportionately frustrating for me um and I realize now it's because, oh, I didn't want to be doing that at all. Like I was doing the wrong thing with my life. I don't want to say wrong, but, um, you know, uh, those just early signs that I needed to make some changes in, in how I spend my day-to-day -day and where I focus my energy. Um, so that is what the end of 2020 has started to look like i've started to get a lot more intentional intentional about building a business that does not center on writing code um but that does you know certainly still stay in the software space in the netsuite space um just not writing code for people right Interesting. So you're going to tell us more about that in a few minutes, right? Like some of this. Yeah, sure. Of course. Of course. We'll, we'll definitely talk about what 2021 looks like or what we hope, you know, our hopes, our fears, our dreams for 2021. Yeah. It, it's not an early retirement for you. Maybe an early no, retirement no, no. for writing code. <laughs> it's quite the opposite for me. It's, uh, well, I'll talk about that in a minute. How, how was your 2020? Why don't you tell me a little bit more about why it was better than you expected? How did it end up that way? Um, well, I think, again, like a lot of people, when the pandemic started to take hold, however you want to describe that, um, you know, I, I was worried, uh, you know, yeah. not just for, you know, when I talk about, I'm talking specifically about the business, but for a lot of other reasons as well. But as far as the business goes, I was worried that, you know, my clients would kind of scale back. And granted, you know, some of them did, but there were others um, who went the complete opposite way. They sort of doubled down on their investments in technology. Um, you know, my NetSuite clients did that. Uh, my non-NetSuite clients did that as well. You know, they, they basically started looking for ways to do more with less. Uh, the fact that their 
teams were now working from home in a lot of cases, you know, put a, an interesting spin on things. And so there were a lot of projects that were kind of someday projects for them, you know, one day, someday we'll do this or that, that all of a sudden, you know, became uh, critical to their survival. So, um, so there was that. Um, going into this year, my plan was to focus on NetSuite and grow that part of my business. And, um, you know, I'm happy to say that it now makes up about 40% of what I do, which might surprise people, but because um, you might think of probably 80% or something like that. But no, I mean, uh, you know, basically in the last year and a half or so, you know, I've gone from zero to it being a, a pretty big chunk of my business. And I think that next year we'll, we'll you know, hopefully see continued growth in that part of what I do. So that was a surprise, a pleasant surprise. Um, and then also it was a kind of a huge payoff on, you know, kind of what I considered my, uh, my bet <laughs> that there was, you know, strong demand for um, what I would describe as NetSuite integration services or integration related solutions. I'm talking about things like portals and custom APIs. They were things that I had a feeling that companies that are running on NetSuite needed. And I, it was, it was based on experiences that I had in talking with people and studying the market and stuff like that. And so it obviously, you know, that my hunch paid off. I was, I was right. Um, which is good. That doesn't always happen, obviously. Mm. <laughs> um, let's see. So a couple other things that I think were surprises for me, I sort of stumbled into sweet QL which I write about and talk about a lot. Uh, you know, I'd been beta testing that. And at some point it actually, the light bulb came on, you know, had a light bulb moment where I'm like, hey, you know, this is exactly what I've been looking for. This is a way that I can do the kind of work that I've always loved doing and, um, you know, do it efficiently and, and you know, really, get the data that I need out of NetSuite as easily as possible. So I started writing about it, studying it, working with it. And you know, I've said in other episodes that I think the real uh, interesting moment was when somebody referred to me as the sweet QL guy, which I, I still laugh whenever I think about That's that. Me. <laughs> I think you've called me that too, but though it was like a prospect and I'm like, yeah, yeah, the sweet QL guy. Um, and who knew, right? I mean, it wasn't like I set out to do that or anything, but it, it's yeah. just kind of funny. Um, but anyway, it wasn't like digging into sweet QL. It wasn't anything that I planned on doing. It sort of fell into it this year and I'm glad I did because it, it resonated with me. It gave me a way to take skills that I've had prior to, you know, doing any work in that suite and now finally applying them in a way that feels familiar and comfortable and all that. So yeah, there's that. And then, um, there were two other things that I think went well for me this year uh, related to the sweet QL sort of discovery or whatever. I, um, you know, I developed that sweet QL query tool 
which was, you know, scratching my own itch, as that saying goes. I, you know, I needed a tool or wanted a tool to write queries. And I started with a whole bunch of different approaches to it. The first one I built was completely outside of NetSuite. It was this little PHP-based application that let me write a query and get the results back. And I thought, oh, that's cool. And then at one point, I'm like, well, it would be even better if it was actually built in NetSuite. <laughs> and so that's what I ended up doing, creating that and made it available. And it's proven to be, you know, very popular. I get emails yeah, from people, know. comments. Yeah, I mean, and again, like total surprise. Um, who knew? And so I'm, I'm glad that that happened and grateful that people have checked it out. Um, so that was another pleasant surprise. And then the last thing I have is certainly, you know, last but not least is this podcast. If you had told me uh, even six months ago that, hey, you're going to be doing a podcast with Eric, uh, you know, is I would have thought, eh, no, there's no way. And here, so here we are. I think this is going to be episode nine or 10. I'm not sure which one by the time. They're all out of order for me at this point. But yeah. But who knows? Like, you know, anyway. Um, so that was, a, you know, again, just a pleasant surprise. Who, who knew? Yeah, I can say the same thing. I didn't know that. That is one of the things I wanted to to talk about at the end, but I suppose I can talk about it now since uh, you brought it up. But I'm I'm definitely very grateful for you for and for having this this show. And I remember you pushing me to start the show. I don't know how you remember it, but <laughs> I think this whole mess was all your idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to take the credit or the blame, depending on how you're looking at it. But I, yeah, I mean, I think it's certainly something that you could have done on your own. Um, but it's, I, honestly, I was flattered when you asked me to do it. And I think the two of us talking and interviewing people, it puts a different spin on it than had you done it on your own or had I done this on I, I would never have try, even tried this if you hadn't have asked me and been like, no, <laughs> nobody knows who I am. I don't really, I, no. Yeah, I don't think this is something I would have started on my own, certainly. So I'm definitely grateful that you're here and we have this show. It's been a, a great sounding board. Um, and it's it's been great. It's been a great way to wrap up the year, I guess, an otherwise pretty crappy year, <laughs> to put it yeah. very mildly. Um, so thank you, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and thank you, too. And thank you to all the people that we've had on, which haven't been a lot at this point, but the guests that we've had have been fantastic. The feedback that we've gotten has been amazing. Um, and yeah. surprising. We know there's at least, I don't know, a dozen people that are listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether they're listening to it regularly or not. We have uh, a few. Yeah. And that's, you know, we've said before that we really have no idea how popular or unpopular the podcast is. And we'll talk about that at some point as to why we have no idea. But, um, but it, it really doesn't matter at this point. Um, it's been fun. And I think I've learned a lot from people that we've talked to and from talking through to you and um, it's made me think about things a little bit differently, you know, just my business, how I write code. Um, so yeah, an extremely, extremely 
pleasant surprise. Um, Definitely. Could not agree more. I look forward to continuing it into 2021. Yeah, and we have a huge list of ideas for <laughs> topics and people we want to talk to. So hopefully they'll agree to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, that is one of the things I'm hoping for going into the new year, that as far as the podcast goes, we can line up uh, more people to come on the show and talk about what they're doing in the NetSuite space, and get to know them. And yeah, excited. and we make it pretty easy to get in touch with us. Both of our emails are on the, um, the podcast webpage. So yep. if you have a story you'd like to tell, just let us know. Yep. And we'll be reaching out to people who don't reach out to us. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they'll say yes. So those are the things that went right. Um, I have, there's a lot that went wrong, obviously, <laughs> in 2020. But from a business standpoint, I have one big one for me. And Ooh. it is just, I, and it's not surprising. I think it ties back to a, the first right thing that I said, which is, I just didn't pace myself. I wasn't prepared for the um, the tidal wave of demand for the stuff that I do. And I didn't say no enough. I didn't pace myself. I thought about why that is. And um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the clients, you know, some of the clients that were coming to me with stuff this year was emergency requests. Everything was a rush. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, you know, like they it wasn't like they were rushing these projects just to rush them. I mean, this was a um, matter of business life or death for them. You know, like uh, they needed to pivot as quickly as possible or they needed a solution as quickly as possible. Their business was in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. um, and so it made it even harder for me to say no. And I've never been good at saying no anyway. Um, so as a result, I mean, I just, I was a, a madman in terms of the number of hours I was working, um, got sick at the end of the summer as a result, I think of the stress and the crazy hours, mm -hmm. um, won't get into all the details of that, but you know, that was what went wrong and, uh, man, I'm hoping I don't make that mistake again. Um, I'm also but, hoping you don't. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, you don't realize what's happening until it's too late. For sure. Yeah, for me anyway. So what, I mean, what changes are you trying to make then to, to help alleviate that? Uh, there's a couple things that I'm trying to do. And it's really being more self-disciplined, I think, with, both, with regards to both of these. One is I'm really trying to get more focused on what I offer, the services that I offer, and who I offer them to. Mm -hmm. um, I think that will help the business quite a bit. It'll help me quite a bit. It'll be, I hope, it'll be easier for me to say no to certain things and yes to certain things. You know, it'll be more clear to me. Um, so there's that. And I'm also hoping to just dial back the number of hours that I schedule work for on any given week. You know, I had so many weeks, um, especially in the spring and most of the summer where I was working, you know, 
50, 60, 70 hour weeks, and it's just not sustainable and it's not healthy. And honestly, I'd love to just cut that in half, you know, and, um, and just take it from there. But I'm the only person that can do that. I am yep. my own, you know, uh, I'm the worst boss that I've ever worked for. <laughs> like I, I, you know, and I'm just, I'm brutal to myself and I don't want to do that anymore. So. Hey, we need so a vacation like, policy. Yes. <laughs> Where you forced to take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Michael Port would call this a, you, you need a velvet rope or mm -hmm. a velvet rope uh, client policy. Uh, be a little more selective about who gets in and who gets on your calendar. Uh, yeah, we, we had the specialization conversation recently. I, we haven't published it yet, but that's part of it too. Knowing, being very clear about what you do, who you do it for, lets you say no. You should say no way more than you say yes in software development. Yeah. I agree with that. I might not have agreed with you even a year ago, but um, after the experience I had this year, I, I completely agree with that. So, Yeah, we're a little too eager as an industry to just say yes and do whatever. I remember like working at a, at a partner as a NetSuite developer and a, a client came to us and was like, hey, we need an iPad app for our salespeople. Can you do that? <laughs> we had no, no uh, <laughs> Apple development resources on our team. But of course, the salespeople were like, yeah, we do that. We have coders. <laughs> it's all the same, <laughs> it's all, right? Right, it's all just code. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to see what you come up with and hoping that you can work less and make more by narrowing your focus. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so too. So um, switching things up a little bit, one yeah. of the other things I wanted to talk about was uh, what happened in the NetSuite space this year. I think the big one was that there was no in-person suite world this year. Um, I've never been to Sweet World, but if there was ever a year that I thought I might actually go, it was this year. <laughs> of course, it didn't happen. So there, I, I jinxed it. Yeah. Um, but you know, there was the virtual um, version of Sweet World, which I, you know, tried to watch some of those live, and I ended up watching some of the replays of some of those sessions and stuff. But again, not having ever been to Sweet World, it's it still I, I knew that it was not a a good substitute for the real thing. And that's not a knock on that yeah. suite. It's just, there's that vibe that you get and the networking impact that you, you know, you get when you're at an event like that, that I know it would have been that way had it been a, a, a real sweet world. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I'll let you talk about that. I'm sure you, you missed it too, right? I did. I, I didn't attend the remote event either. I have been to Sweet World twice, uh, and I love it. It was great both times. 
not because of the conference itself or like the sessions or anything like that. I've been twice and I've attended a total of two breakout sessions <laughs> and one uh, keynote. Uh, I spent the rest of the time, both times I went, I spent like 12 hours a day, all day, networking, just meeting people, having conversations, sitting in the dev, um, I forget what it's called, like the dev area where the like NetSuite team, like the suite script team is presenting new new stuff. And I would just sit there and have conversation after conversation after conversation uh, the whole time. And it was amazing. Uh, that's what is excellent and great about Suite World. And there's no way that a remote conference would ever replicate that. Yeah. Well, hopefully in 2021, might be wishful thinking, but maybe there's a chance that, you know, we'll have it again yeah. where we go in person. And I don't know, I would love to go. So, so the other thing I did was I, I looked at what NetSuite released in 2020.1 and 2020.2 releases this year that I thought were interesting in terms of, you know, changes for developers. Um, you know, we had in 2020.1, we had Sweet Talk REST become officially available, um, which is interesting. Uh, I beta tested that pretty thoroughly and I thought it, I thought I would like it more than I did. I could probably mm -hmm. talk for an episode about that. I know I'm not alone yeah. in that, um, but I got we'll just really excited it. about that one too. It just, yeah, I don't, it's not that there wasn't a lot of, I mean, they certainly put a lot of work into it. Um, and again, we could probably have an entire episode on that, but uh, yeah, it's just, I'm glad that it's there. I know developers that are using it and it's mm -hmm. made their life a little bit easier. Uh, but I don't think it's everything that everyone hoped it would be. That doesn't mean it won't eventually become that. But right. So there's that. Uh, we also got progress. Yeah, and you can see them working on it, which is good. Um, we also got SweetScript two dot one officially, right? Yes. With, which is, I think that's kind of a sleeper function of twenty twenty dot one. I mean, it's not that people don't know about it. Um, and it's not, again, it's not perfect either. There's some limitations to it, but um, I don't know. It's, that was a nice addition to our, our tools, tool set, if you will, right? I, I thought it was amazing. I love the enhanced or the, the new, the modern JavaScript syntax. So I jumped on it right away. Yeah, I think there's just a lot of confusion around it, and it's not clear to some developers like why they should use it if they can. Um, I mean, you and I've talked before. We still see questions get posed about SweetScript 1.0 and for people working on new projects. And I, you know, I scratch my head, and I'm like, <laughs> really? Um, so, yeah, I'm not surprised that the adoption of 2.1 maybe isn't and I'm just totally assuming that it hasn't been um, adopted as well as you, you might think. But at mm -hmm. the same time, based on the 1.0 to 2.0 transition, it doesn't seem like people 
or I don't know. There's just some ambivalence, some reason that they're not you know, making the switch. But that's probably again also another episode topic in and of itself. <laughs> what version of Sweet Script should you be writing in? No, you've written about that on your mm-hmm. in your email uh, list and on your blog. But it's an interesting topic, I think. Yeah. So we also got the Sweet QL API some improvements to um, the Sweet Cloud development framework mm-hmm. and the new Sweet App Marketplace, which is kind of cool. Those are kind of round out the 2020.1 release. Um, and then in the 2020.2, the records catalog function was something I thought was pretty cool. I was surprised by that. And for people out there who don't know what it is, and it seems like there's a lot of people who don't, because I end up having to tell people about it a lot on um, whether they're emailing me in person or asking a question on Slack. But, um, you know, it's basically a way to discover um, all the built the standard and custom records that make up your specific NetSuite account. So you're getting like a true representation of what's going on from a data standpoint in right. your instance and when it comes to the sweet ql work that i've been doing it's been you know a very helpful tool yeah so i actually haven't yeah. used, i honestly haven't used it that much it is something that at least in theory sounds super useful but my <laughs> habits are so entrenched using the record records browser yeah that and again I, like i said i started shifting my focus away from writing code so I haven't I haven't invested the time in researching a lot of the or playing with a lot of the new stuff. Yeah. I think what makes it really helpful again is that it really does truly represent the account that you're working in. So yeah, it's not exactly. like you you see a table listed where it's like, well, I don't have that. I don't see like I'm trying to query that table. It just doesn't exist. You're not going to see it listed in the records catalog yeah, if it's if not have, really in your account. Right. If you don't have some feature turned on, then those records won't show up. If you do, or yeah, yeah. and yeah, all your custom stuff shows up too, which sounds uh, excellent. Yeah. That's what really makes it cool. So we also got the, and I haven't messed around with this. I know you started to explore it, but the JavaScript, the unit test framework, mm-hmm. um, I think that is. You know, again, I haven't used it, but it's a sign that NetSuite's like continued investment in developer tools. Like this is, I think, a potentially yeah. a game changer at some point. I was very impressed from a like, um, uh, conceptual standpoint, I guess, just the fact that they put it out there. One, it's it's a useful, it's extremely useful sort of part of the development lifecycle to start to write unit tests. Um, it gives you a lot more capability of, of validating your changes. It lets you release with a lot more confidence, but also that they released it uh, as an open source project. Uh, that was surprising to me. Um, maybe it shouldn't have been, but it was. It was very surprising to me, and I'm very impressed to see that and to see their um, at least two or three people on that tools team are very active in like the NetSuite professionals community, the Slack community, um, which is amazing. And just getting mm-hmm. that public interaction 
is so encouraging. Yeah. It's certainly welcomed in many ways. Um, the last thing I had on my list for 2020.2 that I thought was interesting was that asynchronous support for um, for the query module and sweep QL in general, you know, just being able to use that if you want to, which is interesting. So, you know, it's it, these changes that I think we've seen, these improvements and enhancements, just they start to stack up and they're making our lives as developers, or my life as developer, I mean, you're, <laughs> you're not doing that anymore, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it makes it better, uh, makes it a little bit easier. So um, hopefully, I mean, I don't really know what to expect in 2021 as far as that goes, but hopefully no, we'll see, you know, continued improvements. So, yeah, very cool. So, so speaking of 2021, what uh, should we talk about what our 2021s look like or yeah. what we hope anyway? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know that you and I have talked a bit about what you're working on, but I think hearing that in, the, in this episode would be good for people listening. Like, we know what you're not going to be doing. So tell <laughs> us a little bit about what you're working on and will be doing. Basically, if you see me, if you see evidence that I am writing code, uh, you'll know that none of this worked. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, like I said, I, I've spent the last four years uh, trying to, to make this business of coaching and teaching SweetScript uh, get off the ground, and I just haven't been able to do so. Um, so I've been you know, surviving, if you will, on writing code. Uh, the, the coaching and training and all that stuff was a, a, a nice side hustle, I guess. Uh, but code has always been the, the primary revenue earner for my business. By, like, by far, like 85% of my revenue probably comes from, has come from writing code. And so for 2021, I'm throwing all of it out. <laughs> <laughs> I have put the sort of the coaching business uh, on maintenance mode. I've shut down the coaching program. Uh, the info products I have, like the cookbooks and um, the self-study curriculum, are still available. Um, and there's some still have my free like email uh, courses on resources and examples. Like all that stuff is still running. I'm still monitoring those inboxes, but I'm not actively doing any work in that, that space anymore. And I have planted a flag in the ground. I have one, one remaining code client, and when that contract is over, that will be my, my last one, my last code contract. So I'm throwing out 100% of my business's <laughs> revenue this year. <laughs> And basically starting a new business is essentially what's happening. So why not start this brand new, completely uncertain year with a massive risky experiment? <laughs> um, so I am in an effort to have a lot larger impact um, on the space and on, on more developers and this, this ecosystem as a whole. I'm really excited to start sort of working at the leadership level 
of of sweet script so working with teams and you know directors and managers on how to make better decisions and run better sweet script practices um, so how to get off the hamster wheel a little bit work less make more that sort of thing and just run better, healthier workplaces. I think too often you're not alone in your work habits for 2020. I think that's a very consistent thing we hear in software development as a whole, but certainly in the sweet script space, just long hours um, for not good reasons. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so that's the idea that I've started writing about extensively um, how to, for instance i'm just starting with how to think about onboarding uh, your onboarding process for when you you hire uh, new developers a lot of practices seem to expect that they're just going to hire someone and that person just gonna quote hit the ground running <laughs> which uh I've written about how I feel about that. Um, that doesn't happen. You have to help them do that. You can't just yeah. you can't just hire someone and turn them loose and expect magic. Um, so so anyway, that's the sort of thing I'm focusing on is you know how to think about how to plan how to strategize around running a highly effective, healthy, sweet script practice. Yeah, I'm excited for you, and I I obviously wish you all the success with that and i'm just i'm curious to see where it goes <laughs> i am too um, i have some advice for everyone out there uh don't pivot your business during the holiday season <laughs> because <laughs> no one is working or everyone is heads down on their january one go lives another anti-pattern hey there's one <laughs> um yeah it's just uh, like the most important thing and the most exciting thing right now is to to start having a bunch of conversations and, and learn a lot more about this sort of sort of new audience. Um, I think that's the best and most interesting thing I could be doing right now, and I can't because they're all super busy or not working. So, right. yeah, I think we're the only two people in the world that are working uh, today. It certainly mm -hmm. seems like <laughs> it's very quiet out there. It I is. think so. Lesson learned. Uh, I think I'm just going to take December off of client work from now on because no one's working anyway yeah. <laughs> or they're it's focused a, on other things. It's a good month to plan. And so, you know, plan and build. Yeah. Build for the future. Exactly. So I'm on your email, your new email list, and we'll talk about that in a minute too. And Ooh, obviously okay. have links in the show notes and stuff like that. Sure. But um, you're, just a little bit of a, um, you know, an, an aside, but in your email that went out this morning, you talk about when you were getting hired, it was before you were doing anything in that suite. I think you said you were working for a telecom company or something. And your first day you showed up. Can you talk a oh. little bit about <laughs> Tell us That's about hard. that. Yeah. So yeah. I had a, my, let's see, my senior year of college. Um, I got an internship at a major, like very major U.S. telecom corporation. Like 100,000 100, employees work there, which is massive. 
corporation, right? And so you would think they'd have this nice, well-developed internship program. Um, so I landed my internship. I was super excited. I, uh, you know, relocated for the summer to a new city I'd never been to. Um, and I showed up on my first day and the intern coordinator didn't know what team I was on or who I was reporting to or any of that stuff. Didn't know what work I would be doing. Nothing. They didn't even have a desk for me, let alone <laughs> a workstation. So she, <laughs> she finally found a manager willing to take me, I guess. Um, and walked me to a cubicle that was being used for uh, extra chair storage. It was just like stacks on stacks of desk chairs. There's like a dozen desk chairs in this tiny little cubicle. And so I had to move those out, except for one, to use. And I sat there for like three or four days waiting for a, a laptop and a you know workstation equipment. So um, don't, code don't with, be that team. <laughs> were you writing code with pen and paper or pencil? Nope. <laughs> it, took, it took about like 10 days to get a task, like to even get some work. I didn't, I didn't even meet my boss or my team until the second day. <laughs> so literally no clue what I was, was doing. Yeah. Uh, horribly, horribly organized. Um, you can do better with very little work. Very little work can go a very long way in welcoming people to your, your organization and setting the stage, setting the tone for really their whole tenure at your with your team. Right. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. I the I can just imagine the cubicle and <laughs> what uh, you must have been thinking and <laughs> what have I done. Um, so anyway, I thought thought that was good. Good story. Yeah just wild <laughs> do better <laughs> everyone <laughs> yeah well it's not hard to do better than that i nope, mean it's really I not i don't know what else you could actually do to make it worse but maybe we'll hear stories from people that are listening with i've got i've got a better one for you <laughs> oh i would love i would love to hear all of yeah. those stories please email <laughs> me those stories <laughs> that's funny all right well i think it's your turn what is what does your 2021 look like? Uh, well, I, I was going to describe what I'm hoping to do as a slight pivot um, with regards to the work I'm doing. And, and I kind of hinted around about it earlier where, you know, I'm, I'm trying, I basically I'm going to double down on, on the NetSuite work that I do and really try to focus on that, specialize in it, uh, it's more than just saying specializing in NetSuite development. I'm trying to refine that. Um, and I, you know, we talk about that a little bit in that specialization episode mm -hmm. that we'll be releasing soon, but um, we, we definitely need a follow up to that. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. yeah we could, man, it's tough. It, it's it, a, it, yeah. yeah. It's very difficult uh, and a, uh, it's a very deep topic that mm -hmm. warrants a lot of exploration it takes a lot of time a lot of patience uh i know that it will have a huge payoff 
it's but anyway so it's so, a so lot I've got, of soul searching and a yeah. lot of courage also yep yeah i've been doing a lot of reflecting a lot of thinking just trying to figure out what all that is going to mean for me so you'll see some kind of a pivot from me um, in the coming year you'll probably see it sooner than later um now i i don't want to cut you off but i do want to ask do you see it as a is it a pivot or is it a a narrowing like a focusing in i think it's a uh, just a further focusing like getting more uh clear with regards to what it is that i'm doing and what it is that i'm offering um you know again not, not to steal any thunder from the uh, the specialization episode it's okay but um you know, just saying that uh, you know, you're going to specialize in NetSuite development, that's a good start, but it's not, it's not good enough. Right. Um, I think you described it in that episode as when you say that you're specializing in NetSuite development, you know, basically you're competing with everybody else who says they're a NetSuite developer. Like Which what makes you special? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's better than saying I develop software. Yes. Right. <laughs> it could be worse or, yeah, or I build things. I guess it could get even more vague. I, I just create <laughs> stuff with a computer. Well, what kind of stuff? Um, so anyway, there's that, uh, you know. Um, but yeah, it's definitely getting, it's me getting, it's not so much a pivot as it is me getting more clear and more focused on, uh, on what I'm going to be offering. So I'm excited about that. I'm um, excited for you. And, and, you know, I mentioned earlier that this year, surprising to me, like I was able to grow the NetSuite work that I do so that it, it I think it was about 40% of my income. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it'll be difficult to take that further. Um, I think that by specializing, there's opportunity there for me to just quickly make NetSuite a bigger part of what I do. Um, so, Yeah. So we'll see. The other interesting things that I'm working on, at least I think they're interesting. Um, I mentioned um, in LinkedIn on a post a couple, I guess it was last week or the week before that, that I've started to put together a native version of that sweet QL query tool mm-hmm. that I, I mentioned earlier. Um, the idea being that it would actually be a native app. You can run on Mac or on a Windows um, machine and actually run it locally. It's, it's something that I've been experimenting with. The early testing of it has been very encouraging, like in terms of performance and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, was, I, it was kind of those I wonder if moments where I thought, you know, I had tried to build an external app uh, that was browser-based. I mentioned that. That was my first take at this. And then I built, you know, built it um, directly in NetSuite itself. Mm-hmm. This is kind of pulling back again and, and building it outside of NetSuite. But there may be some advantages to doing it that way um, in terms of functionality that I can potentially build into the app that I can't easily do uh, with a native Suite script-based tool. So anyway, right. is my geek project is that. I have no time frame on it. It's really just a labor of love. Sure, I have no yeah. idea what I would do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit... Uh, 
I'm a little bit worried that even if I did get it working and released it, I don't really want to be a software publisher, which is what I guess you'd call me at that point in terms of like, you know, having an app out there that I somehow have to support and I don't know how I do it. So there's right. a whole bunch of questions I have, but right now it's just, it's cool to see it. I will say that you write a query, the, the results come back like lightning fast. Um, so anyway, there's yeah. that. And I'm working on, I've got some interesting projects lined up for Q1. Pretty much my Q1 is booked at this point, which is also very encouraging. But um, there's a project I'm working on. Uh, it's a NetSuite solution that is actually based on FileMaker of all things, which for those of you listening, if you know what FileMaker is, you'd probably be like, what? If you don't know what FileMaker is, you'd probably be like, what? Equally, uh, <laughs> yeah, but there's something, it uses FileMaker. I've kind of been using FileMaker for, I don't know, a long time. Wrote books on it. That was, that used to be the majority of my business. Um, anyway, there's a solution that I'm creating that will leverage FileMaker's, uh, you know, better capabilities, I'll call them. Mm -hmm. And uh, it integrates with NetSuite using something that I've been working on called Suite API, um, which is also something I'm hoping to release very soon. And anyway, that, that's those are just a couple of exciting projects that I've got kind of queued up. So, but yeah, I think the big one is just that focusing on NetSuite and drilling down into the specialization. That's the big saying no. Saying no <laughs> because you're saying yes to the right things, mm -hmm. and the right things are clear. So, um, Important clarity to have. Yeah, especially when you, you know, what you do, you know, you work for yourself. You need to be pretty clear about what that means, right? Mm -hmm. so. so similar to what's coming next year, you know, I, I had written down some, you know, some plans and some things that I'm hoping to see next year. Um, do you have any of those or do you want me to kick that part of this off? No, I, I mean, the only thing I have quote unquote planned is just uh, having as many conversations as I can with leaders of SweetScript teams and organizations to really understand um, how I can best serve them and help grow, expand, improve this ecosystem. Yeah. So beyond that, I mean, uh, I don't have plans because I don't know what's going to come out of this, those conversations or this, this hypothesis that I have that there's a need and a willingness um, to make these sorts of changes. Right. How, I'm not sure how you, how far you thought this through, but with regards to that, I mean, you, you, we can almost call what you're doing a pivot, but it, like you said, it's more like you're starting a brand new business. It's not just making yeah, a, it's, it's, I would call it a pivot. It's a sizable pivot. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. How long, do you think it's going to take before you it will come to some sort of a conclusion as to whether or not it's a it's something that's going to work or not? Have you thought about that? 
Yes. I mean, I don't have a definitive answer for that because you know, classic consultant answer depends on, right. again, on these conversations, on the feedback um, that I get. If If there's like, if there's not even recognition that there's a problem, uh, then that's that's a pretty good sign that that it won't be a good fit, right? Yeah, right. Uh, but if there are a you know a sufficient population of the practices that do realize, man, something <laughs> something is wrong. <laughs> there has to be a better way. This you know this status quo is not acceptable. Um, then that's that's different. But if you know if it's if I have several dozen conversations over the first month, uh, and none of them think there are any problems that that the way it is 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 fine, then that's a pretty good sign that it's not going to work. Um, yeah. Right. So at at that point, I'll have to come up with a new hypothesis and test that one and <laughs> see what happens. Right. You know, I have I have theoretical ideas for what this sort of um, business model might look like, what sorts of things I could offer and package, but none of that matters. Uh, <laughs> ultimately, it really depends on what this market recognizes as a problem and wants help fixing. And if I can't find a fit, then I guess I will find it somewhere else or find something else, some other way to serve. Yeah. Well, again, I wish you all the best of luck with that. I think it's going to be interesting to hear how it goes and the experiences that you have and talking with people and, you know, the content that you'll be putting out. I'm excited for you. I think it's going to be, if nothing else, it'll be a good break for you, an opportunity to try something out that I know you're, you're passionate about. And while, the people who need your service that you're going to be offering might not realize they need it. We know they do. <laughs> I think if you talk to any developers in the NetSuite space, you're going to find it. They're like, yeah, oh yeah, we need that. Mm -hmm. It's the people making the decisions about that that I think you need to understand it too. So yeah, we, we shall see. Yeah. Well, I have a couple of things that I think are interesting. Great. These are a yes. little bit more geeky technical things. The one thing that we do know is coming um, this year, it's available in beta right now in 2020.2, uh, is the Sweet Cloud Customization Manager. I know that you're not really deep in any of this right now, but have you seen that yet? I have not seen this yet. I haven't enabled it. Um, okay. It was something I, um, I think it was in one of those uh, sweet world, virtual sweet world sessions. I forget what they actually called that event, but um, it was mentioned, I think, in there where I first heard about it. And basically the idea is that it makes it easier to manage uh, the standard, both standard and custom records. Um, it's like a, a tool, an administrative tool, a development tool as well, I suppose. Um, the idea being that, you know, just to try to make that part of what we do a little bit easier. So I, again, I haven't really messed with it, but from what I've read and what I've heard, it sounds pretty interesting. Um, again, another one of those welcomed features, uh, at least in theory, so yeah. it sounds pretty it cool. certainly sounds very good. Yeah. So there's that. And then just my plans and hopes for next year, you know, again, continuing to grow my NetSuite business. 
I usually even try to slow things down a lot. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned this too. I, I, it'd be nice to take a real vacation. You know, it's been, yeah. it's been more than two years since I've really been on a, an official vacation. I can't even imagine what it would be like to try to do that today with all the craziness going on with the lockdowns and all right. that stuff. So I really, I want a real vacation where you know, just get on a plane, <laughs> you go somewhere and it's warm, there's a beach, there's maybe the ocean, maybe some drinks involved, you know, <laughs> a real vacation. That's one of my hopes for the coming year. That's too long, Tim. It's too long to go without a break. <laughs> Yeah, it's no wonder I crashed and burned over I think the you summer. Need a, I think you need a sabbatical more than you need a vacation. <laughs> you know, I there's someone in my family who works at a company where they actually do have like mm-hmm. official, it's like a real policy for that, you know, where yeah. you take like, I think it's like 90 days, maybe even longer than that. Mm-hmm. And the first time I'd heard that, I'm like, what, man, what is that? Like sabbatical. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, I know what they are and I'm like, oh man. I need that policy in my own business. I'll have to talk to my boss about it, but like I mentioned earlier, he's kind of a, he's a jerk. So I don't know that he'd go for it. Well, good luck. <laughs> so anyway, that's all I have for looking back at 2020 and looking forward at 2021. Um, do you have anything else for those? No, I really don't. Um... <laughs> Good. I mean, it's good. You have a you have what appears to be a like a singular, highly focused plan for the new year. You've closed mm-hmm. the book on twenty twenty, so you know. Good. Yeah, I don't. Um, like I said, I have a very tight work window. I mm-hmm. at the moment I have every week I have twenty eight hours to work, <laughs> um, and. You know, so that's, and that's a seven day week, right? Not a five day business week. So I have 28 hours in which to put, in which to run a business. Yeah. Um, that's not a lot for anyone, <laughs> for anyone curious out there. That's not very much time. And while that's four hours a day, uh, certainly none of that are four hour blocks. The biggest block I get is a, a 90 minute nap time window. Um, that's the biggest solid block of work I get any day. So I have to be very, very intentional, very, very focused. Um, so I can't waste a lot of time, you know, being indecisive or looking back or anything like that. I can only move forward and I can only move forward in very specific, um, or the only way to make any sort of impact is to, to, focus all my forward motion on a very specific thing, a very narrow window. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. (laughs) Well, like I think every other episode that we've done, with one exception, uh, we should close, we should close with our favorite things or something cool that we stumbled upon. Do you want to go first? I will go first, but I, I'm going to go a slightly different direction. Um, I think 2020 has been, you know, challenging, difficult, terrible in a lot of ways. And so I, I think it's important to 
one focus on again moving forward but also on the the good things the cool things like you mentioned but also i would just like to express some gratitude uh i already have for you know for you and for this show uh, in that same vein i'm just very grateful that we have all this wonderful technology that that allows us to work from home um you know and like i said i i get to spend a a lot more time with my son than than I'm sure most people get to in this sort of situation. Um, and uh, I can't imagine life without all that stuff anyway. It's a really good way to, <laughs> you need to uh, practice some gratitude. Just imagine your life without uh, the internet or your phones or <laughs> whatever it might be, or the people around you that you love. Um, so, uh, and, and I would also like to express some, some gratitude to my wife, of course, for her continual support and talking me down from the ledge many times in 2020. <laughs> Metaphorical ledge, not, not any sort of real ledge. Uh, but for talking some sense into me repeatedly. So Yeah. <laughs> Always good to have a partner whatever capacity that could give you some reality checks yeah and, and again that's another one of those episode topics i think that we should put on the list because i yeah i could talk a lot about that uh, my wife knows me better than my i know myself yeah uh she can tell me when i am about to burn out which is also an episode topic um you know yeah so yeah, couldn't do we could not do what we do without all the things you said, you know, the technology, the support that we get. Um yeah, and the and the technology is easy to take for granted and the people are easy to take for granted. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. always good to recognize and acknowledge, be grateful for what we've got. So I feel the same way. Yeah. My uh my sort of cool thing is very different from anyone I've ever done before. Okay. Um, I'm a huge music fan and um, been listening to a lot of music. I listen to music all the time, but I've been listening to albums a lot lately as opposed to just random streaming stuff that's mm-hmm. coming through. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a band that I've been a fan of for a long time. They're actually, they broke up a while back. They're called Powderfinger and they're out of uh, Australia. Okay. And most people in the United States, I think, never even heard of them. <laughs> it's I funny because haven't. the other, you know, they're one of my favorite bands, so it figures, right? Anyway, they released two albums this year, which was a surprise because they essentially they're broken up, but they put out a an unreleased album. It's actually called Unreleased. It's uh, all the unreleased music that they recorded, never officially put on an album before. It's pretty awesome. And then they also put out a. Uh, they did a, a sort of live, uh, you know, virtual con- concert, if you will, um, earlier in the year. I think it was April, maybe, um, where they were all, you know, the musicians were separate in separate locations and they recorded it. And it was amazing. Um, so anyway, it was a, a real surprise for me to see that they put stuff out this year, um, you know, especially, again, from a band that I thought I would they're done and maybe they'll get back together at some point for a reunion tour or whatever. But anyway, if you're into, it's essentially rock music, um, give them, a, give them a, a listen. I'll put the links in the show notes. So. Yeah. 
anyway, I think that's it. So this is our last episode of 2020. And hopefully the next episode you'll hear from us will be uh, in the new year. Yes. I, I said earlier, we still have, what is it, 48, 54 some hours, I guess, mm -hmm. officially. <laughs> Not even. I'm saying that's like 30 hours, hours, I think. Too many hours. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what can happen between now and then. But anyway. Um, so I guess that kind of closes out the show. All Happy right. New Year to you and your, your family and to all of our listeners. Yes. To you as well. All right. All right. And Anything we'll else? See you, we'll see you in 2021 or yes. hear you or something. Join us in 2021 for more Sweet Script Stories. Good riddance, 2020. <laughs>